This is Science Friday. I'm Katherine Wu. And I'm Kathleen Davis. I don't know about you, but when I think of famous cinematic moments, one of the first that comes to mind is Darth Vader's signature line. I am your father. James Earl Jones voiced the Star Wars villain for 45 years until last month when he officially stepped down. If you're wondering who's replacing him, well, that's complicated. It's not an actor, but an AI mimic, one that recreates James Earl Jones's voice from nearly 50 years ago. The Star Wars filmmakers teamed up with a Ukrainian AI company called Respeecher. Respeecher converts performances from one actor into the voice of another. Take a listen. Hey, this is James. I'm an actor and this is my real voice. In this video, I'll demonstrate a couple of new features of Respeecher's speech-to-speech voice cloning engine. Obviously, I can speak with another person's voice. But notice that now the sound is 44.1 kilohertz. The company's work has appeared in the Star Wars canon already, as young Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. And just last month, they debuted their recreation of Darth Vader in the TV show Obi-Wan Kenobi. Check this out. I am what you made me. Pretty uncanny, right? The company's path to the big screen has not been easy. Sure, they knew it would be hard to make a perfect mimic of such a legendary actor, but what they didn't expect was to have to do so under air raids and gunfire as Russian troops invaded their nation. Joining me to talk about all of this are my guests, Dmitry Bielevitsov, Chief Technology Officer at Respeecher, based in Kiev, Ukraine, and Bogdan Belayev, Sound Engineer at Respeecher, based in Lviv, Ukraine. Welcome both of you to Science Friday. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, hello. Bogdan, let me start with you. Are are you a Star Wars fan? I'm a fan from my childhood. I, when I was a kid, I watched the like, second episode of Star Wars. I didn't start like from uh, <laughs> the first one. <laughs> after, after the premiere, uh, yeah, I was into it, <laughs> let's say. Yeah. I imagine it would be really exciting to learn that you would be working on the Star Wars shows then. Oh yeah, I I, I won't believe it if I if I knew that like <laughs> you know. So, what materials do you need to recreate a voice? Basically, we need recordings of the uh, source speaker. It's like the actor who is uh, going to be. Uh, converted into the target voice and uh, the target recordings, which are recordings of the voice that are we going to convert to. And where do you actually get these target voice samples from? Yeah, that really depends on uh, on the situation. So there are projects where we could just take uh, ideal recordings, like from ADR, if if we're working on a movie. But if we're working on a like historical character or someone whose young voice we want to make instead of their current voice, well, in that case, we'll have to go back and look for old recordings. And uh, for like, big movie projects, usually the client would have some internal like archival recordings that we would uh, end up using. And how much tape is enough to build a good replica of a person? Yeah, it really depends on how good the data is. If we have like great ADR recordings then we'll, we would be 
totally fine with 20 to 30 minutes of recordings. But in practice, especially with these characters that we don't have a good homogeneous recordings of, like for those cases, we would have to um, use as much data as we can and and uh, like an hour or two hours would be great in these cases because, you know, some data is corrupted, some data is, uh, is has some noises, but we could still kind of pick out a half an hour of, of good material out of it. Okay, so you're using this tape to build a model of a target voice and you have the performance of an actor whose voice you want to change. What aspects of speech does this model retain from the original source performance? And what might get changed during that conversion? We take content, we keep the content, and we keep the performance, like the intonations, the level of arousal, whether the voice is whispering or half whispering or the projection. So we take all that from the source and then we replace their vocal apparatus in a way and we change the timbre. Also, we change slight phonetic kind of habits. So when someone tends to have like a, a very peculiar S or F, the network would uh, replace that. So you don't need to actually try to mimic that as an actor. So it sounds like you still need at the core of this performance, a great performance. You still need that source actor to put on a show, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So you just need to, you know, use the linguistics and use the intonations and the style of acting, but you don't need to try to imitate any physical aspects of how that person sounds. Interesting. So as we heard a little bit earlier, your product really does sound like a real voice. I think if I were watching that Star Wars show, I might not even realize that it is a clone voice. Can you, as the creators of this technology, tell the difference between a real voice and your conversions? Uh, yes, but I think I was go- I was hoping that Bogdan would would say yes immediately. But <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that you would have been saying. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that our ears are having like the lower threshold of like detecting the conversions. But I had a few times when I missed the files and listened to our conversions as the real recordings and didn't notice the difference. So yeah, it's sometimes tricky. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it does sound a little bit scary. And in the news, I, I would say here in the US, we hear a lot about AI deepfakes that are used in scams or political propaganda. How does Respeacher make sure that this technology doesn't get abused for those more nefarious purposes? Right. Uh, yes, there are two components of this. One is that whenever give anyone the actual code so that they can run the technology. So we keep everything in-house and uh, we always make sure to obtain a permission from the actor whose, whose voice we're uh, cloning. Mm, interesting. So let's talk a little bit about the timeline for this Darth Vader project. So if I have done my math right and I have my dates correct, your team was working on this Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show right around the time that Ukraine was invaded by Russia. What sort of precautions and accommodations did you have to make to keep everybody safe? Right. Yeah. So um, probably like one of the most important parts of it happened exactly when the invasion happened. So 
What we did as a company is a couple of weeks before the invasion, we pretty much decided to kind of distribute the team a little bit. So we relocated part of the team to different um, to a different city, to Lviv, and um, Bogdan also went uh, to Lviv to work from there, just in case you know something bad happens, uh, which unfortunately did happen. Did either of you personally have to relocate? Yes, I had to. Um, I think I stayed in Kiev for for some time after this happened, but then I went to my parents' place for a couple of weeks. Uh, for I think for four weeks or something, and then I came back. Um, yeah, uh, I had to relocate to Lviv because currently I cannot come back to my hometown because of uh, occupations. Yeah, and and Bogdan, I I heard that your hometown was actually invaded. Do you remember what was going on, what you were doing when you heard that news? I mean, what was that day like for you? Yeah, I remember you know, that I woke up at around uh, like four or five o'clock because I heard that my wife was talking with the, our family members and I heard that her voice is shaking and well, I just directly understood that it happened. We were shocked as everyone for the first half of the day but yeah um we were prepared i think that in a situation like this a lot of people would not be thinking about work but did you keep working during this time on this project yeah (laughs) yeah it surprised a lot of people but yeah every time when i think about these days uh, the first weeks of uh, full-scale invasion i still have more yes that no not to do that yeah i mean for me i would almost feel like it's the one thing that i would be able to control right is like what i'm doing with my work was is that something that maybe you were thinking about yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, the thing that came into my mind that like uh, our army is working at this moment and uh, like we have electricity and we have um, internet connection and um, you could um, you can even go outside and get some bread or water or whatever. So everything is working. And for me, it was like, you know, light when everything is dark <laughs> around. Well, all of your hard work on this project really paid off last month when this Darth Vader voice actually aired on the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. I mean, Bogdan, as the resident Star Wars fan, how did it feel to watch these voices air? It's it's a big mixture of uh, feelings, like uh, with happiness and, uh, you know, uh, some kind of uh, fear and excitement and uh, all, of, all of this stuff. My wife said, like, do you understand that it's like forever? And like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's saved and captured. And yeah, it will be so- somewhere like in 20, 30, 100 years. So now that you have seen that your product works, are you getting interest from other Hollywood productions? Yeah, definitely. It, it's It's kind of a confirmation or sanity check from for other companies that we're not messing around and we're making a technology that's worth their attention. Dimitrio Bogdan, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us today. Thanks a lot for having us here as well. Thank you. Dimitro Bielevetsov, Chief Technology Officer at Respeacher, based in Kiev, Ukraine, and Bogdan Belayev, sound engineer at Respeacher, based in Lviv, Ukraine. 